Welcome to Girl Fix Your Hair, a podcast for anyone who feels like life goes fast and sometimes has a hard time finding their balance. We keep it real, embrace the unknown, and make things happen. I'm happy you're here. Let's get to it. Reese Horn joining us all the way from Germany, but, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you grew up north of Indianapolis, correct? That's where you were born and raised. So uh, a little bit of a career journey in in football between Mm -hmm. NFL, CFL, European leagues. Uh, So go ahead and just introduce yourself, uh, who you are, where you're from, and sort of life up until this point. A little career highlight. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, Reese Soren here. Uh, born and raised in Carmel, Indiana, which for those of you who don't know where that's at, that's the north side of Indianapolis. So the city's right here. I'm right from the north side. So shout out to everybody that back there. And uh, yeah, grew grew up, born and raised there in Carmel. And then I uh, went to Cathedral High School, which uh, is a private high school in Indianapolis. And then from there, took my talents to University of Indianapolis uh, for football. And then I graduated in 2016 there and pretty much have been playing football since at a uh, professional level. So uh, it's definitely been a journey, but a, a great one at that. Um, started off with the Tennessee Titans and then was signed with them. And then the Colts were actually a little bit before that. And then um, actually took my talents over to Milan, Italy for a season. And then um, Vienna, Austria next. And then got back to the States for a pro spring league called the AAF. Uh, the Alliance of American Football League uh, down in Memphis, Tennessee. Had a great season there and then ended up getting signed with the Miami Dolphins um, off and on for about like a year and some change. And then um, from there, from Miami, uh, moved to Tampa where I was drafted uh, first day with the XFL in 2020 uh, to the Tampa Bay Vipers. And then that's when COVID hit, unfortunately. So we were about week eight. Uh, We just played out in LA and then we were coming back uh, ready to host St. Louis and then obviously that's when all the pro leagues were shutting down because of COVID and pretty much the whole world was shutting down. So after that, I got signed in 2021 with the Cincinnati Bengals and probably the best uh, wide receiver room. That's the position I play wide receiver uh, for those who don't know, uh, probably the best overall receiver room I've ever been in, which is in my opinion, the best on this planet. So, um, and then after that uh, last season was, uh, was Canada uh, with the Calgary Stampeders and the CFL and then uh, parted ways with them probably midway through the season, give or take, and then actually signed uh, last season here to Frankfurt. So in the ELF, which is the European League of Football, which is kind of their NFL over here. It's the, it's the highest league you can play in, um, the most professional league you can play in. And um, so after that season, did well, put some good things on film last season, uh, rolling into 2020, which is obviously where we're at now. And, um, you know, I had a great exit interviews with the staff here, the coaching staff and everybody. And um, told him, yeah, if it, if it makes sense to come back, um, just from all angles, I uh, would love to. And, you know, obviously, I'm, I feel great mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And long story short, kind of the top guys here, we all had a, a discussion and uh, told them first off, appreciate you guys hearing me out. Don't want to waste your time. If we can meet some things. Uh, let's make it happen. And, and they were been nothing but supportive over here. And uh, one thing I love about Frankfurt is they're very professional in how they run their business, how they run their team how they run their operations team from a business side, not a football side. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be back over here. It's uh, we have a great team. Um, some guys are getting back healthy that were unfortunately hurt last year, but that's just the name of the game, uh, any sport. And uh, we're looking to have a really good season. We start 
start practice uh, the imports, which is what myself as an American playing over here in Europe in the ELF, uh, we're labeled as an import. Uh, we're, we're all allowed to be on the field tomorrow. So it's kind of like uh, some similar rules to like NFL OTA rules and what you can do, what you cannot do with, with being on the field, with coaches, everything in between. Tomorrow's judgment day. So we're excited to get on the field and, and rock and roll. So that's amazing. It's a little catch. It's a little catch me up to where we're at right now. So. Yeah, that's super. And mm-hmm. you kind of started to segue into one of my first questions because you've sort of explored the map a lot in terms of NFL, in terms of playing in Europe, being up in Canada. Mm-hmm. You've sort of seen different leagues and how, mm-hmm. like you were saying, being in, in Frankfurt, you, you like how the organization runs things. I was curious to know, being a part of different organizations in different leagues, who does it best? Mm-hmm. Or like, what are some things you've noticed in some one league that you, you know, you noticed another league didn't do um, mm-hmm. not to put down <laughs> one over the other, but certain, mm-hmm. like you said, this is sort of where you feel like the organization does it best um, and what mm-hmm. your experience has been like in those different leagues. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, obviously I've been, I've been in a few different pro leagues now. So it's kind of nice to talk from experience, not just talking from the outside looking in right. and obviously the NFL does it best. They're, you know, they're about their business from a practice standpoint, practice flow to game day to operations on the business side of things and everything in between. So obviously they do it, they do it best. But with that being said, um, over here, they do it just like that, which is what I'm used to. And it's very, you know, efficient practice schedule. It's very similar from how you start warmups to getting into certain position work. And then, you know, Skelly, which is just uh, the fast positions, I would say, not to discredit O-line but they're not part of the skeleton period, which is just seven on seven at the end of the day. And then we transition to team periods. And uh, so it's very efficient, but I would say the pro spring leagues that I've been a part of the AAF, the spring league and the XFL, they were new startup leagues. And so obviously it's, it's very tough doing a startup league. And cause obviously football is, you know, the United States, like that's their big, obviously sport, but obviously other sports are just as popular maybe over there in some people's eyes, but I would say from a football standpoint, pretty much everywhere I've been, they've done it pretty well. Um, but I would say the NFL is definitely obviously the best. And then um, the XFL did a really good job. And then obviously over here too, they do an excellent job. So um, as far as like being efficient on time, let's rock and roll. Let's not waste anybody's time working in, get in, get your work done and uh, let everybody kind of have, have their life back for those exactly. few hours until we do it again. Exactly. And I think kind of on top of that as well, you've, because you've sort of played in different leagues, like tick, tick, tick years, back to back to back. It's almost like, mm-hmm. like you're saying you're, you're about to start up, right? So you're playing mm-hmm. in like what our summer is. Typically that's off season for NFL or CF or mm-hmm. no, actually CFL's no CFL's in the winter too. Right. Yeah. 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 You know? So they go until so you kind of, it's almost like yeah. you've never really had an off season, right? I feel like your, yeah. your football career has never allowed you to sort of, have a traditional break that some athletes do get. What's that been like? Because you kind of miss like an off season or different training mechanisms, stuff like that. What is it like to sort of just keep going and, and play in different, in different times of year, if that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It's uh, yeah. It's obviously you got to be kind of on the, on, on the attack every time you can get, but I've been, been doing a great job. I've been around. This is my year eight now, uh, year two, year year and a, or year and a half with Frankfurt, give or take. But um, so I've been very fortunate enough to meet with 
and be coached by some of the best strength and conditioning coaches, the best nutritionists that, in my opinion, I've had the pleasure of being around, learning from sleep experts, recovery experts. Everything plays a part in kind of staying, keeping your A game up there. Because obviously every year is different. Every year there's guys vying to take your spot. And that's just every position. That's every sport, uh, not just football. But for me personally, it's been doing a great job of really honing in, listening to my body, being coachable, and taking all those great nuggets that I've learned from the Cincinnati Bengals, the XFL in Tampa, uh, Miami Dolphins, Tennessee Titans, pretty much everywhere I've been, I've learned, and even over here in Europe, as far as learned a lot from like a recovery standpoint and how to manage your time. Cause that's another big thing is just time management uh, having to go from one league to another, another season to another. It's uh, for me, I've done a really good job of honing in those skills, those nuggets of information that I've used and then just really applying it and really just doing things behind closed doors. Maybe when no one's looking, um, you know, I have a very routine, a very strict kind of schedule as far as a workout, recovery, nutrition, and kind of that whole three to four month process before you start another camp, because I'm a firm believer of what you're doing. And this is just work. This is life. What, what you're doing three or four months prior is a direct result of what is going to be showing down the road in those next, you know, four five, six months. So um, if you're putting in the work and you're doing the right things off the field, maybe when no one's looking, uh, it's going to pay dividends down the road. I'm a firm believer in that. So that's kind of how I've kept on my A game. And, uh, like you said, not really having a full off season, but at the end of the day, I know how my body feels. I know what to do, what not to do. Uh, when it's crucial for rest days, as much, much as hard as that is, kind of to look yourself in the mirror and, hey, we're shutting it down for the day. Sometimes that's what uh, being a pro is. You got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, it's all right. You know, we're going we're gonna to take a rest day and then tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. That's the thing, like it's creating that, that balance of a lifestyle that works for you. But at the same time, like it's that, that structured routine that you know you have to keep yourself to, but allowing yourself to, like you said, listen to your body and know what your body needs mm -hmm. from a training perspective, from a nutrition perspective, everything kind of goes hand in hand and, and works together in the recovery process and, and that long-term success sort of way. Um, mm -hmm. Let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to me. We'll go back to like young Reese like your childhood. Yeah. Um, obviously, yep. like you said, Carmel, Indiana, born and raised. Um, talk a little bit about your upbringing and sort of different mm -hmm. experiences in your childhood, whether it be on an on an athlete level or non-athlete level, sort of different experiences yeah. that, that molded you and got you to where you are here. Yeah. So like I said, I'm born and raised in Carmel, Indiana, north side of Indianapolis. Um, my two parents uh, love them to death. They've been married for 30 plus years. Uh, I have two older brothers, so I'm the youngest of my family. And uh, from a very early age, I actually started playing football in third grade. Um, did not do kind of the traditional way or maybe not the traditional way, however you look at it. Um, some parents start their kids in flag football and then go into tackle or contact you know, football. Uh, for me, uh, third grade, my parents just kind of threw me in the fire and not really, but I uh, just went straight into tackle. So um, but that was the best thing for me. It, it taught me a lot of just, you know, having fun at an early age, getting around kids my my own age. And then obviously, I, like I said, two older brothers. So they, they would push me as I as I got older and and got more serious with things, too. I also played um, basketball growing up, baseball growing up. So kind of the three main sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and then uh, shut down basketball and baseball come freshman year of uh, high school at Cathedral High School. And because my brother was a senior when I was a freshman, so he he saw a lot of potential in me, maybe when I didn't even see it in myself. And he 
kind of took me to the side. And he was like, Hey man, I see you can do a lot of good things with football, both on and off the field. Um, we're going to put those two other sports aside because you're going to focus on this. You don't really have a choice to. And, you know, I'm a freshman. I didn't know anything, you know, from left to right. So he, I kind of trusted him obviously, cause that's, that was the, the role model. And he still is one of my, my big role models because he does so well in life and managing everything that he has going on. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I was a late bloomer. Like I like to say, um, you know, freshman year, I was like 135 soaking wet, um, kind of late bloomed. And then my junior years when football really kind of got serious for me in high school, I uh, just call a spade a spade. I beat out probably five or six of our uh, senior guys to play that starting um, one spot at receiver. And then senior had a really good year too. Um, I always have to give a shout out to my man, Connor Barthel, my quarterback from high school at uh, Cathedral. And then we both got scholarships to play Right. at the University of Indianapolis. Yep. So we're both redshirted too. So we played four years in high school together, uh, five years in college. So we played nine years of ball together too. So I consider him a brother and uh, attribute him to a lot of my success because if you're not on the same page with your quarterback at the receiver position, um, you know, I don't care how good you are, honestly, you, you know, you have to be on the same page wow. with your quarterback because he's the one who's throwing you the ball and making you look good and putting in good spots. So, um, so yeah, my, my upbringing was amazing. Family's so supportive. Uh, brothers are so supportive to my friends as well. Uh, I have a very kind of close circle. I have a lot. I could probably name 10 to 15 guys that I grew up with first grade on that I'm still super close with today um, that also are, I attribute to my success too. And they might, they might not even know it, but um, if they're, if they're watching this and when this does drop, I attribute to my success at any level to them a lot, because I think you're the average of the five people that you hang around with and that you're really just with. So um, they've been nothing but supportive through the ups, through the downs, through the in-betweens. And uh, I'm just super proud of them too. They're obviously really successful in what they have going on. Some, you know, they're, you know, all walks of life, but it's super cool to know that you kind of have a, a foxhole, like um, I like to call it a foxhole people that are around you that do support you and your dreams and, and kind of help build you up when things are great. Keep you honest too. Cause you know, you don't want a bunch of yes men around you just telling you what you want to hear. You might have to have some tough conversations. That's, for me on the field, off the field, whatever. Uh, but I think that's what uh, really some of your good friends, they should be uh, kind of telling you what you need to hear, maybe not what you want to hear at times too. So always shout out to them. And uh, yeah, they were, they were really excited, really hyped when, when I re-signed here out in Frankfurt, they uh, they're like, if we can get a chance to get over there for a game, we're going to try. And um, you know, hopefully we can make something happen too. But like I said, my friends and family love them to death. Uh, been nothing but supportive through everything. And um, they couldn't be more hyped and excited for uh, for this season ahead. It's going to be a big one. So, yeah, that's great. Hopefully, they get across the pond. That would be exciting. Mm -hmm. How long does the season run in Germany? Mm -hmm. We start this week. Yeah. So, no. So yeah, we start with um, kind of I guess camp for two weeks, two and a half weeks, and then I think our our first games at the end of end of May here, and then we pretty much runs throughout. It's a twelve game regular season schedule, and then three weeks of playoffs. I do believe. So pretty much through mid to late September. And then I think I'll be back there maybe in the States, probably mid-October, give or take. They haven't bought my return flight yet. So I'll worry about that when it's when yeah. I cross that bridge. Cross that bridge when you get there. <laughs> Home around the right. holidays. That's what, That's what matters. Right. Great. Yep. Um, tell me, so this whole podcast, my my path for it has sort of, and, and where it came to life was me realizing mm -hmm. myself that you're going to fail in life. You're going to struggle in life. There's going to be setbacks. Mm -hmm. There's going to be stuff that you have to overcome. But I think we live in a world and 
you might relate to me on this. You might not. We'll see. It's good for conversation. But of I feel like we live in a world in a society where so many people, whether it's male or female, are just too afraid to talk about it. They're too afraid mm-hmm. to sort of acknowledge, uh, oh, I'm struggling or, oh, I tried to do this and I failed. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to create a platform where we're normalizing the fact that life hasn't always gone the way we maybe thought it was supposed to go. Um, Certain Mm -hmm. trajectories that we've had for ourselves, it just hasn't happened. So sort of a two-part question. One, Mm -hmm. uh, what has been a moment that sort of stuck out to you where you felt like I'm at my lowest or I failed or, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't get to where I thought I was going to be. Second mm-hmm. part, and I can come back to it if, if the first part's too yeah. hard, you get it. But second part would then be yep. to snowball off of that. What's been your greatest achievement so far? So whether mm-hmm. it relates to this, this low moment, you know, has your greatest achievement come from that or it's completely yep. separate. Uh, but we'll start with that, that low, that low part in life, mm-hmm. because I think it's important to acknowledge moments where we've had to pull ourselves out of something. Yeah, absolutely. That's, those are two really good questions. And, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have, you know, everything is not a highlight reel. I like to say it, um, you know, there's ups and downs in life, but for me, uh, just to stay direct with the question was when um, obviously this year, the XFL came back in 2023 and I got a bunch of emails saying, you know, Hey, we're, you're on our draft board. Um, some private workout invitations um, actually did one private workout uh, for a couple of teams. I won't name teams, but um yeah, so they, I was pretty much just getting gassed up saying, hey, you're, we're going to take you day one or two. And, you know, long story short, it didn't get drafted. And that, that was pretty tough to swallow because I'd just been drafted probably two seasons prior and still in the prime of my career. And my, I feel great mentally and physically, like I was saying earlier. And, um, yeah, I just never got that call. And that was a tough one to swallow because um, of everything I was hearing. So that's just a good life lesson for anyone out there who's um, always get in writing and don't believe everything that you may hear. Uh, because it, as like, great as it is to hear that and, you know, if people are gassing you up left and right, um, you always got to get in writing. So, yeah, that, that was tough to swallow. I won't be afraid to admit that at all. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer in life coming full circle. And that's when um, when I didn't get drafted to the XFL this year. Uh, and that's when Frankfurt kind of came back around and we had a really good discussion and kind of just told him, you know, three, four main means that I need to meet. So if you can meet X, X, X. And X, then, yeah, I'd absolutely love to come back and, and run it back and, you know, hopefully bring a title back to Frankfurt. And like I said, they couldn't be more professional. They couldn't be more uh, helping and caring and understanding. And they really met all the needs that I asked of. And, you know, it, that was this was the first time that I have an agent in Indianapolis. Um, Justin Ferris, always shout out to for uh, sticking me sticking with me through the good and the bad. Uh, this was kind of the first time that I negotiated my contract on my own. So I didn't have his help. And uh, it turned out to be. um just as advantageous as maybe one of the player, a player in the XFL too, which is really cool. So as, as bad as I wanted to stay in the States and ball, you know, obviously um, athletics is such a small window of each athlete's life um, compared to like the rest of your life. Um, still like, I still feel great, obviously still feel in the zone in all ways. Uh, I was a full circle moment because I wanted to go to the XFL and get drafted there. It didn't happen. Okay. Life moves on. You got to pick your shit up and keep going. And then that's when Frankfurt called and offered a really sweet deal too. So it's like one door closed, but another one open. Okay, let's roll. And, and yeah, so that, that's probably, that was a tough moment that I had to handle. But again, I attribute that to my family being in my corner, my friends being in my corner and saying, yeah, that might suck, 
right now, dude, you're handling it, you know, two, three days, take what you, you know, take some time, um, you know, stay up though, because good things are going to come your way, you know, peaks and valleys as we like to call it as well. And then sure enough, that's when I got the call out here and, um, you know, we were rocking and rolling too. So uh, the second part of that question, can you uh, please yeah, uh, say it again, Nicole? Real quick though, from that, did you ever feel like when mm -hmm. before that in between where XFL didn't happen before Germany called, mm -hmm. do you ever feel yeah. like there's a, a split moment of my football career is over or like sort of mm -hmm. like what's next, like that transition period of like, oh no, what's, what's coming? Is this the end sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always have that. Um, I don't have that in my mind, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, like football is going to end eventually for everybody in soccer, basketball, baseball, track and field, whatever. It's going to end for every athlete, too. So you got to have, you know, you got to have a plan. You got to have something moving forward, too. So um, that's the, that's when I was like, OK, let me pivot. Let me work on something off the field that I'm really passionate about, too. So that's when I, I did launch my own my own online training and coaching business it's called Our House, which I'm super passionate about, just helping people kind of get their best version of themselves out too. And I was like, why did not I do this two, three years ago? Like, goodness gracious. So um, that, that's been going great so far too. And then when I stopped focusing on the negative, put my thoughts into like something positive and like off the field too, uh, you know, that's when things just start re-clicking again and, you know, you, you feel better. And then I think, you know, if you feel good, you're going to, you're going to, more things are going to come your way. Cause if you stop thinking negatively and you start thinking positively and start getting to work and rolling your sleeves up and actually doing something that you like and that you enjoy I think that's when other, you know, good things are going to come your way and it just really comes full circle. And then boom, once I started getting that rolling and started seeing some success with that and helping others, that's when Frankfurt called too. And, and we were back on the hamster wheel or back in the race again. Yep. And yeah, so it's, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. I want to talk about that too. Cause I, I noticed you just launched that not too long ago. It's mm -hmm. been a few months, I think that I saw you yeah. on Instagram and I was like, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. It's so fitting for him. It fits his lifestyle. Thank um, so yeah. my second part question, and maybe it'll sort of lead you back into talking about your, your online coaching is your greatest mm -hmm. achievement so far in life. Again, whether it be mm -hmm. on an athlete level or outside of mm -hmm. sports, just something where when you go to bed at night, you're like, I'm super proud of myself for this. Yeah. So I think if, uh, two or, you know, two or three stick out, obviously, um, my, my first NFL touchdown was super special not even because of me. Like I remember the play just like it was yesterday. Um, it were Miami playing at the New Orleans Saints down there at uh, Superdome, which what it was called now. I think it's a different name. But, um, yeah, I caught my first NFL touchdown. There's probably, like, you know, 60,000 in that place. It was just loud, quieted the whole spot, which is super cool. But uh, the reason I say that is because my whole family was in the crowd. And my brother flew in. My parents were there. And it was just super special. So, obviously, um, any touchdown, any football player can attest to this too. You know, if you're an offensive guy getting a touchdown, maybe your first one of the season or in a super crucial moment or a defensive back getting a, a pick and he wants to keep the ball to give it to the equipment guy, he labels it and you get it after the game in your locker. And so I got mine was in my locker after that, after that game. And I gave it to my mom and my dad because that was a surreal moment. And my brother as well is kind of like a you know, a gift to all of them for really believing in me and from such a young age and really pushing me when I didn't really see it myself at times when they saw it in me that um, it was just like a big, like, thank you moment too. So that that's one for sure. And then, um, goodness, another one is just all the people I've met along this journey of football. And I can't speak for any other sport. I'm not going to try and act like I'm going to speak for another sport, but football with the life lessons that taught me how to treat others how to be able to work for a common goal, 
how to not quit when things get tough. I mean, this is so relatable to so many life lessons, how to um, treat women with respect, know how to talk to them, right? How to, you know, give back to the next generation. We call it as, you know, sending the elevator back down to help the next people up um, and grow the game of football. And, and that's just, you know, four or five, six, however many I just listed there, life lessons. And I could, you know, list more, but keep it there. Um, and it, I think that's just a really cool thing that I've really instilled with myself and then be able to help instill with others. And um, I think the last thing was, yeah, just being able to help people from all walks of life with my business that I launched, but then also just football in general, the doors and the avenues that that's open for me, being able to kind of help relate to some people to a certain, you know, a certain extent, maybe with whatever that may be. Um, yeah. Just helping people out any way that I can, big or small, giving motivation, encouragement to others with maybe going through a hard time. Cause we've all been there, obviously myself, obviously included with what I was just talking about previous uh, prior and uh, just, just telling them to, you know, keep the faith, keep your head up and then keep grinding and things are always going to work out. They always do. So um, God's always working up there. But so I think those are three main points that I think that I'm super proud of. Um, not even really about myself, but the people that I've been able to affect along the way um, for really, really awesome reasons. No, it's uh, it definitely attests to the character that you have. So that's great. I love that. Um, go back to the business that you launched. Like I said, we'll, yep. we'll tap into that. What did you, mm -hmm. remind me again what you studied and in school. Yeah, so I was sport business and then uh, sport management as well. So pretty much just the business side of sports yeah. and how to like, yeah. So I actually did an internship with the NCAA and, and I did an internship with the Indianapolis Colts as well and sports marketing. So that was super cool, super kind of in, in uh, a lot of information I learned there and um, some great people there. So that was pretty cool kind of uh, being an athlete and then also working on the other side of the spectrum with a uh, professional football team yeah. and the NCAA too, obviously. So For sure. Yeah. So mm -hmm. coming from a business background and being an athlete yourself has sort of probably helped a lot with this, this business venture of, of coaching personally. What has it been mm -hmm. like so far? Obviously it's new, it's fresh, mm -hmm. but what's mm -hmm. sort of been the early on experience and what's your vision for it? Like, where do you see yourself taking it? So, yeah, I think for, for me, uh, I think the reason I launched this is because I saw, I saw a need, just everyone, you know, I'd, I'd get messages throughout my, my playing career of, you know, Hey, like, what do you do to, what, what kind of exercises do you do maybe for lower body or upper, you know, what's your kind of, how do you handle difficult situations or just nutrition, you know, um, not a nutritionist, but just nutrition tips here and there. And then I'd have a lot of my close friends kind of ask me for workout programs or just, you know, coaching of any level. And obviously I would just, I would give them some, some tips and all that. And then I had a really, really good conversation with a good, um, um, half, like a kind of like a really good friend that I went to high school with. He's a little bit older than me. And we kind of had a, uh, a really good, like, kind of like just talk and lunch. And he really said, dude, I could see you doing really good, man. You can, you relate to a lot of people, you have a niche. And you're obviously your background speaks for itself. You've played at the highest levels with football. You know how to train, you know how to keep yourself healthy. He's like, I think you would be really good kind of sending that information and allowing that for other individuals. And um, so that kind of got me thinking and why I didn't start this earlier. I don't know why, because I, I just love helping people. I love staying in shape. I love staying active and uh, just a really healthy lifestyle and all that. And also learning from a bunch of other people too. So like I said, the strength and conditioning coaches I've learned from, the nutritionists, the sleep experts, and then I've kind of thrown my own twist on things. And I've been seeing some really good results so far from not only myself, but for others too. Uh, I have a couple of my boys back in Indianapolis that, you know, every, every week we check in with each other and, and they, they're, they're excited to say the least. So 
um, yeah, as where as I see this going is, you know, just, I'm just growing, but I also want to be like very organic with the people that I currently bring on and who I'm currently coaching because I don't want them to think that I'm, you know, doing too much too fast. So I'm always quality over quantity, but at the same time, once we build that foundation, cause I am super new, um, then we can start growing too. So, um, but yeah, I got about five to 10 people I'm rocking with right now. It's really good. Um, that's something off the field that I'm really passionate about, like I said. So it's really cool. I'm about to take on a full season, but then also when I have my off days and and everybody knows kind of what's on the horizon for me and we just, you know, keep it very efficient, keep it simple and, and rock and roll from there. But I'm excited for this. Um, our house pro training and coaching is my, is my company's name and it's really cool. I'm excited, like I said, and we'll see where it takes it. Yeah. Now explain, I'm looking at your t-shirt. I feel like I keep like my <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. Important. Um, yeah. You use it yeah. a lot on Instagram as well too. Is this like, mm. I think you do a very great job on your Instagram of sort of like personally branding yourself. And I think it's important, right? Like Thanks. when you're a professional mm. athlete, when you sort of got your own thing going on, it's important to uphold and sort of keep up with like personally branding yourself in a very mm. natural and organic way, right? It's not like you're not pretending to be somebody that you're not. It's just like, hey, this is mm -hmm. this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, but explain the mm -hmm. shirt a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. is this something else? Is this just something you're having fun with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the yeah, the shirt says you got horn. And then like my name, I don't know if you can see it, name and number on the back. But um, yeah, so when I signed back here in Frankfurt, the marketing team hit me up and they said, hey, man, we want to come out up with like a slogan kind of like some merchandise roll out on your behalf. Uh, what do you think of this? And we, we threw a couple ideas back and forth. And then um, it's kind of stems from, again, my position as wide receiver um, back in the day, Randy Moss, you got Moss. So it's kind of, you got Horn because obviously my last name is Horn. And, um, you know, it's, it's something, it's a football term, obviously. And then I thought it was super clean, super cool. We have, like, it's like a black shirt with the name and number on the back and then a purple shirt with the same thing on the back too. So uh, that's kind of going to be the, I guess, the slogan for the season and all that for myself personally. And and yeah, so I, I thought it turned out pretty good. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, really cool to see at the end of the day that they want to even do that in the first place and just help, you know, just naturally organically, just, you know, build a brand, you know, on the field and then off, off the field too. So it's, uh, you know, every, every day you, you wear a bunch of different brands and different logos. So it's like, if it, if it makes sense naturally, then why not obviously, you know, promote yourself at, at certain times too. So. Um, but the media team here did such a good job and the marketing team did such a good job. I think they, they turned out well and it should be fun. So, um, yeah, obviously shout out to anybody who, who buys one. It's, uh, always goes to a good cause and it's, it should be exciting. It should be electric this season. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing some in the stands. That's great. Um, uh, you mentioned it twice now and it's, it sort of triggered, a, a question in my mind. Um, mm -hmm. you say you've, you've met with like sleep specialists. I think this mm -hmm. is something that like, as people get older, you start to notice like different sleep patterns within yourself. Yeah. And I'm yep. and be totally honest with me. Like if you, I don't know if you're, you're new to it or if you're seasoned in it, do you know enough to sort of speak on that level of maybe your own experience with sleep and sleep as an athlete and different things mm -hmm. you've learned from, from meeting with a sleep specialist? Yeah. So when I was in Miami and then when I was also in Cincinnati, they brought in some people to help talk to our team. And they do this um, with different, you know, fields as well, as far as like, you know, business topics, social media topics. And then they brought in Sleep Expert, which is really cool. I forget their name off the top of my head, but um, I just took, I, I was always, I always take notes and do stuff in my own handwriting. That's how I learn really quick, uh, just for me personally. 
And they were just basically, they were giving us a bunch of just detailed descriptions on how your sleep matters. And that's like the best form of just old school recovery for the body. I don't care what sport you play or just if you're not and not an athlete in general, I think. And so I took that to heart and kind of learned a lot from them and then really just picked their brain after that meeting too. And they basically said, you know, you need to create a regimen for yourself too. And then you need to implement really seven to kind of eight, nine hours of sleep roughly each and every day, because your body is working so hard with your sport. And then mentally you're working so hard because I have a textbook that literally, or like a, a playbook, excuse me, that looks like the dictionary as far as thickness. So you need to like, he says, you can't burn yourself out really at the end of the day too. So I took a bunch of those notes and kind of, oh, I've always implemented it just with whatever season I'm in with whatever off season program I'm in. And at the end of the day, it's like the best recovery tool that you can have old school wise is just sleep. Because if you don't, if you're burning the candle at both ends, as my mom likes to say, then it's like sooner or later going to catch up to you. And, and then you're just going to crash and you're going to really fatigue out. And that's when you see a lot of burnout. And that could just be, a, you know, one example of, you know, maybe you see an athlete or somebody burn out, his sister, maybe up just doing too much for a certain length of time. And then boom, it catches up with them. For sure. And I think it affects everything, right? So like you're saying that seven to nine hours, yeah. you don't get it it then affects your performance on the field. Or like you said, for someone that's not an athlete, it perfects your performance in an office if you've got a nine to five or, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you find it's affecting your, your eating, right? Your nutrition's thrown off because you're mm -hmm. tired. So maybe you're not as motivated or you're not, your mindset's not there to like eat the foods that you should be nourishing your body with. You're kind of, you're supplementing mm -hmm. it with stuff that, that's not great for you. And then, like you said, that whole, candle expression is you, you just yeah. <laughs> like a burnout phase essentially so it's super important now that seven yeah. to nine hours if you're aiming that's your target you're aiming to get there last sort of question mm -hmm. for you is how do you structure your day like and yeah. it's right because you're an athlete you're a professional athlete so it's, it's mm -hmm. very different but you said you're very much routine oriented so give us oh, a yeah. shot of what time does the alarm clock go off? Your feet touch the ground at what time in the morning? And, and what do you do? Yep. Is it coffee? Is it a protein shake? Is mm -hmm. it, are you right at the gym? Like what does your, try to break it down for mm -hmm. us as detailed as possible? Because I think mm -hmm. in life routine is so important and everybody's routine is different, right? Nobody's routine looks mm -hmm. the same. People, some people are morning people, some people are night people and, and they function great either on either spectrum. But what yep. works best for you? What does your first thing AM to last thing you do before bed at night look like? Yeah. So I'll just take today right here, for example. So I woke up at like 738 and then got up and immediately do, I do these breathing exercises to really just get the blood back flowing and kind of helps, you know, center your gravity. Cause you know, when you wake up, you're kind of just, you know, equilibrium still off a little bit and you're like, might take you 10 to 15 minutes to really, yeah. you know, all right, I'm up, let's roll. Yeah. So I always do these breathing exercises. One of my, um, again, my older brother, his name is Jonathan. One of his really good friends from college, he's now a Navy SEAL and just one of the most just, just absolute unit of an individuals I've ever met. Just the dude, he's just a badass. Sorry for the language, but he's just a badass. And um, he, he taught me really good ways to breathe because obviously in his line of work, um, he's always moving. He's always in, you know, close combats. His, his adrenaline's always pumping. And he gave me really good, it's called box breathing. Uh, that's kind of a, the term. So he really taught me how to help get your heart rate back down to like a stable way when bullets are flying, um, literally and figuratively. And when like, for me, example, like 
fourth quarter, two minutes left, you're down by five, you're doing a two minute drill, which is like, go, go, go kind of good ways to help calm your heart rate back down and you can focus in mentally as well. So I always do that waking up. Uh, that's the very first thing I do is just some breathing, get back right. And then I do a lot of these kind of eccentric movements and stretches to uh, kind of help get the gears going in the legs and lower back. And then I also do affirmations. So what I'm thankful for and what I'm blessed to be able to do and obviously waking up another day because um, I think time is our most valuable asset and you can get a bunch of things back in life, but you can't get your time back too. So it's obviously how you spend it um, makes a difference. So after that I do, I read, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting bigger into reading now. So I'm on my fourth book of the year, trying to do like a book a month. So I'm not like i I'm getting there, um, yeah. but yeah, Maybe so I'm, I'm reading, um, I'm reading a book on how to like, again, how to effectively build a brand on social media. And that's kind of obviously fitting for me with whatever, everything that's going on. So, um, that's really, really insightful of what I've learned so far. And, um, green lights is the book I read previously, the first book of this year, it's by Matthew McConaughey and his story is just super incredible. So it was really cool to learn a bunch from him and, you know, from A to Z with what he's been through in life. And then after reading, which is after, so from when I wake up to that, that's probably right around 45 minutes to an hour. Um, don't even, I don't even look at my phone when I first wake up because I think I just need to dial in mentally and not look because your phone can be a super, super, yeah, exactly. Boom. Amen. can be a really big distraction. It obviously can be used for a lot of benefit. Also, your phone can be a distraction too. And I mean, we're all guilty of it at some point, just being on our phone way longer than we should. So um, yeah, I check my emails though. I get rolling. And then today, uh, for example, um, if I have client check-ins for my business, then I'll do that and make sure everybody's good there. And then also just check emails as far as, you know, whatever is going on, making sure I'm not missing anything. And then today I did, I, I hit the hit the gym for like a light workout. Cause like I said, we're on the field tomorrow. Uh, but normally I would, yeah, I'd hit the, I hit workouts and training for about two, three hours, come back, eat lunch. And then again, dive into the business, dive into what I have going on off the field and then making sure everything's good for that day. And then probably around, I don't know, six, seven ish, probably see what we're having for dinner. And I'm a big Italian guy. I'm half Italian. So obviously we like the carbs and got to get the carbs in because that's energy at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And then we get dinner. Uh, just make sure everybody's good that um, whoever I'm talking to and, and rocking with on a daily or weekly basis, whether that's, you know, work or not work related. And um, obviously on our off days, after we get the the workouts and the recovery in, we got to go golfing too. So I'm a bit, I'm getting a little bit better at golf. So obviously that's, uh, I'm, there's actually some really good golf out here in Germany. So uh, I'm excited to play some new courses. That'll be an off day activity uh, that I can't wait to get more involved with. And my brothers are really good at golf. So obviously we have that family rivalry, obviously, always, and and um, we just love to play and love to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can play golf to your eighty, which is always good. So exactly, it's just exactly. super fun. So all the boys play golf too. Everyone's getting better. Everyone's dialing in for the summer coming ahead, and, and so yeah, that's that's pretty much. And then I try and get to bed at a decent hour, probably. 10, 10 30 at the latest, obviously it's going to be later or not on some days. Uh, we practice at night here um, because, you know, some people work, some people are studying and are in their master's programs or whatever. So, um, so we have practice at night. So it's kind of, obviously I got to shift that not going to bed at a somewhat decent hour. And then practice usually goes from eight to like 10 30. Then you come home, obviously you got to make food and make sure you're good with everything and wake up and do it all over again. That's crazy. So you don't yeah. have normal like you're not home for a normal dinner time and you're you're eating right. later than you would typically want to or, or like like to eat so I'm sure that's kind yeah. of you off. 
me personally, I'm the type of person where I can't train or work out at night because then my brain, like everything's just working overdrive until like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right, that was yep. tough for me. but you're right. I, you know, you kind of forget that leagues like this, like guys got other stuff going on. It's not like a, an NFL, like this is solely right. what I'm doing. So interesting. Yeah. What's, what's Europe like? So mm -hmm. you spent time in Italy, mm -hmm. you spent time in Austria, you've now been in Germany. What's your, yeah. what's your favorite of the three? And have you had the chance to sort of on sort of off time travel to different parts of Europe? Yeah. So I would say they all have, they all stand out for different reasons. Those three countries, obviously Italy and uh, Vienna, Austria, and then uh, Frankfurt. But I, I would say overall, I think Frankfurt definitely is my favorite just as far as like I've been saying, a uh, professional organization, because that's how I'm very, I like to be very efficient with my time and like where I put my time and energy at. And they are super efficient, super professional over here. And they're a very good team too, which obviously helps too. So they bring in a lot of good athletes. They do a great job with scouting and signing guys, whether that be from America or other parts of Europe. And then obviously in Frankfurt as well, um, getting the homegrown talent, which is super big for the city. And so I would say, um, Frankfurt, they, they just got it going on. So if you take football out of the equation, you said you're half Italian. Italy was probably fun mm -hmm. in that, in that aspect oh, yeah. because of the food, the great food there. I'm sure like restaurants, cafes, everything was just probably like you were in heaven. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, remove football from the equation when you sort of have downtime and you can go off and, and just, you know, be a normal person. Mm -hmm. Have you had the chance to sort of explore other parts of Europe and, and what would you say is your favorite? Yeah. So I would say definitely uh, one of our bye weeks I was able to go to Sardinia, which is an island off the middle coast of Italy. And the water was probably the clearest I've ever seen. So I did a week out there, which was just, it was incredible. I just, I kind of relaxed, ate good food, um, worked out a few times, but really just was big tourist mode uh, that, that like the tourist mode was on. And just did everything went went you know cliff cliff diving snorkeling went off the grid just found some really cool like secluded spots and then i would say also our second bye week last season which was our last bye week because you only get two in a season i went to corfu island greece and that was super cool so i'd never been to greece obviously my name's in that country so i was like i gotta go and then uh one of my boys daniel uh bakery shout out to him always he's like one of my best friends I've known him since first grade on. He's he's Greek. So he invited me to his older sister's wedding a few years back. And I bought my ticket. I bought my plane ticket. I was going to go. And then that's when I got signed with Miami. So I couldn't go. And I was really mad. And because that trip and wedding was just going to be unreal, which it turned out to be really cool, obviously. So right. I would say Sardinia and Corfu Island, Greece were two very cool spots that I've been able to travel to and see. That's great. Travel is... Uh... Mm -hmm. Travel is similar to what you said with time. It's one of those things where like travel is such an important currency, I think, to have in life. Like being mm -hmm. able to have those experiences, like you said, go off the grid and just like eat good food, talk with the locals, like just immerse yourself in different cultures. I'm sure it's been, you know, a boy coming from America. <laughs> right. Like yeah. That, uh, that in your back pocket is is so nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Last question for you. It's yeah. It's, it's totally up to you. If, mm -hmm. if you knew that this is in no way to get like somber and sad here, but if you knew that tomorrow was your last day on earth, what would be mm -hmm. the one piece of advice that you would want to leave the world with? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Something my dad told me from a very young age. 
And I think it's so true. Um, Cause people don't really, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. So I think those two quotes really go hand in hand. So that's any, any Avenue, any, anything you do in life, you always treat others the way that you want to be treated because that's just how it is. And that's how it should be. Um, no matter what, no matter, you know, if you're from A, B, C, D, if you're black, white, blue, yellow, orange, it doesn't matter. So again, I've always had that in my mind and always try to implement that with others who I come across um, from a big or small, you know, role. And yeah, so no doubt, I think that's the quote that I would love to be left with is always, I try and treat others the way that I would want to be treated. And um, yeah, so I think just simply put just that one right there. Super important, simple, like you said, very simple, super important though. Yep. That's great. Well, mm -hmm. please, thank you so much. It was so great to learn a lot about what you've got going on. Best of luck mm -hmm. with- Thank you. In ahead. It's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Best of luck in your your coaching journey there as well, and uh, Thank you. maybe a year from now when things come full circle again, we'll we'll do a part two to this. We'll catch up with you. We'll see where you're at, and until then, though, keep well, mm -hmm. enjoy uh, enjoy Germany, and and kick ass. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nicole. I appreciate you having me once again. It was really fun.